WBEZ is supported by Chicago Humanities, presenting live events with historians Doris Kearns Goodwin and John Meacham, comedian Reggie Watts, and filmmaker Miranda July, and artists Hebrew Brantley and Amanda Williams in conversation. Plus, MSNBC chief correspondent Ali Velshi on small yet powerful acts of courage throughout history. Tickets for these events and more conversations on arts, culture, and current affairs at chicagohumanities.org. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Chicago has an unwritten rule. That rule gives city council members all kinds of discretion over zoning changes, building permits, who gets a sidewalk fixed or a tree planted, and even how and when you can throw a block party. Those who love it say it's the ultimate in local democracy. And those who hate it say it breeds corruption. Mayor Lightfoot was never a fan and campaigned on a promise to curb an alderman's power. But her reform efforts may be inciting a council-wide revolt. David Greising is the president and CEO of the Better Government Association, and he's here to lift the veil on aldermanic privilege and how it affects you. Welcome back, David. Hi, Sasha. Glad to be with you. First off, David, you know, we hear this term tossed around a lot, but can you just explain for us what aldermanic prerogative is? Right. As you explained, aldermanic prerogative is a tradition of city council. It's not in the ordinances, but it's a custom by which an alderman has a veto power or approval power of just about anything that happens in their ward, especially as regarding building permits, signs that go up, awnings, those very important elements of running a business. And the aldermen like that power and claim that their voters like that power because it gives aldermen control over changes in their neighborhoods. Uh, On the other hand, aldermanic power like that was at the core of the uh, federal charge against Alderman Ed Burke. The charge cited two instances, one where he held up a driveway permit for a Burger King restaurant mm-hmm. while explicitly seeking business for his law firm. And the other had to do with the old post office as well. And so it's been a source of corruption or the feeling of corruption in the city for a long time. And that's one of the reasons that Mayor Lightfoot is a candidate. And then early in her days as mayor uh, attacked aldermanic prerogative as one of the core ethical issues facing the city. Well, well, speaking of, of Ed Burke, former 44th Ward Alderman Dick Simpson, who's now a political science professor at the UIC, he was on Reset recently and he explained to us how aldermanic privilege has been used for personal gain in the past. So the way aldermanic privilege usually works is that a businessman will come to an alderman and ask for a zoning change or perhaps will ask that uh, the building inspectors not uh, visit their establishment or the health inspectors if they're a restaurant. But it's a quid pro quo. You give me a bribe and I'll make sure you get your zoning change or your building ordinance and you'll be able to do the development you want. David, Mayor Lightfoot made limiting aldermanic powers an essential part of her campaign. It was something that she talked about on really her very first day in office, right? Right. In fact, it was the first official act as mayor was an executive order eliminating aldermanic prerogative. Uh, That sounds like a sweeping reform, but it's proved to be a lot more difficult to stamp it out uh, than the mayor initially thought. Within about a month or so, she issued a list of various changes that she was going to include under her effort to seize control from council. That included everything from Mm -hmm. uh, like 
divvy stands to tree trimming in the wards that she was going to give the city bureaucracy control over that instead of letting aldermen willy-nilly block those things. Uh, but really, since then, we haven't heard much from her about it. Uh, and that is in part because she's gotten caught up in just the daily functioning of the business and crises like COVID or the firing of Eddie Johnson as police chief. Uh, and today she's facing a much broader sort of city council revolt. And so this effort to place new limits on aldermanic prerogative failed. It went up in flames last week at the hands of Alderman Brendan Riley, who at many times has been an ally of hers, but on this issue, uh, he's standing his ground. Let's hear from a caller who's standing by here. Teresa's on the line from Belmont Cragen. Hi, Teresa. Welcome to Reset. My thoughts are that aldermanic prerogative is absolutely hands down uh, a way for corruption. I was born and raised in Chicago. And um, I have seen throughout my life so many things that they have done. And the fact that the maps keep getting re-changed and the aldermen don't even know their own neighborhood. It's not even neighborhoods. They break up different neighborhoods, like Belmont Cragen, I think, is in three different wards. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy. And you can't get a hold of them. And during COVID, that was a joke. You couldn't even get a hold of the alderman's office. I just think that I hope that Mayor Lightfoot can really, really um, put put that away. They even make changes for their own pay. There's no accountability for aldermen. I think it's gone way, way. It's gotten, it's out of hand. Out of hand. And I think. Good points there, Teresa. Thank you so much for calling, David. What do you What do you think about uh, Teresa's comments? She's got a couple of great points. First of all, the mayor has said that one reason for eliminating alderman prerogative is to professionalize the permitting and the licensing system in the city uh, so that people know what the rules are before they go into this kind of right now, this echo chamber and hall of mirrors that they have to deal with currently. So that's one thing. The other is with regard to mapping and other issues. This is reflective of the idea of this, the, the overall power of aldermen. Uh, some of the people on council sometimes refer to this as being 50 mini mayors in the city of Chicago because aldermen have so much power over what happens in their wards. And that does include the uh, the mapping, which is going on right now. And so uh, there's a, there are bigger problems here with regard to government being responsive to the needs of residents. Uh, but aldermanic privilege is really at the heart of it. And the fact that it's really an unwritten policy or tradition. That can make it really tough to change. Right, David? Yes, absolutely. Uh, because there's no simple law that, that you right. can change. And, and as we've seen, in order to get it changed, the mayor needs to convince council to give up powers that council members benefit directly from. And so that's proving to be very, very tough. Her executive order has gone as far as she can, and she probably could do more with it if she had the political clout to do so, if she felt it wouldn't hurt her in other respects with regard to city council. But based on the vote, that her first loss last week was on this issue, her first loss as mayor in an actual vote. And that shows that she doesn't have the votes right now to really make any further progress in limiting um, aldermanic privilege. Let's go now to another caller on the line here, Sue in Brighton Park. Hi, Sue. What are your thoughts? Hi. Hi. Um, I definitely think it's a major problem. My alderman is Cardenas, and he supported the um, asphalt plant being put in, and he received a $5,000 campaign donation from the asphalt company. 
Um, we also had another incident where a business um, right by our house wanted to get packaged liquor zoning for their business. And they were a block from a school, and they definitely were not good citizens. They always had trash, and they had a shooting in front of their business. Mm. And when I spoke to the alderman's office, he was very wishy-washy about it and was very pro-business. And so I actively spoke to the school, the Brighton Park Neighborhood Council, and they ended up raising a big stink and making sure that it didn't happen. But my previous alderman was Burke, which, you know... (laughs) need to say anything about that it was that's all that's all he did mm-hmm. was that kind of favor stuff and i i see it as a real problem with corruption again well thank you sue again david another i think we have more callers than than uh, on the you know the side of this is not a good thing than uh folks saying that it it uh has their ward working better remind us how successful the mayor was at, at curbing aldermanic powers around zoning and permitting Uh, She's tried to win smaller victories first because zoning gets so complicated. The permitting part is absolutely at the center of this. And I I was just going to say in response to what Sue's comment and your your observation, that this is the issue that got her elected as mayor. She was just one of many people running for uh, the mayor's office to succeed Rahm Emanuel when the Ed Burke investigation became public uh, around Thanksgiving of, of 2018. And she seized on this and made this the core issue of her campaign. The public is clearly behind her on this. Uh, You know, you do hear from aldermen from time to time, and I'm not necessarily uh, buying into this, but just to be fair to what they say, Brian Hopkins at one point cited, uh, you know, a bar permit that was approved in his ward by the city department without his without his input that caused all kinds of problems for his, for neighbors in the ward and that this is an example of why aldermanic prerogative needs to be maintained uh, but we hear from residents all across the city all the time about uh, cases just like sue was talking about where are these kind con- of clear conflicts of interest and that aldermanic prerogative feeds into that and so while there might be a few defenders out there um by and large, the public has made its view clear on this issue. Let's hear what Joe has to say. He's calling from Avondale. Hi, Joe. Welcome to Reset. Hi. I live in uh, Rosana Rodriguez Sanchez's ward, and I think the way that she allows it to operate using, uh, I mean, she has participatory budgeting, extensive feedback sessions on, you know, major questions of zoning changes and business changes. And I think in those cases, it works really well because then the alderman just becomes a conduit for the residents to make their voices heard when these neighborhood decisions come up. And so, I, but obviously it's a source of corruption. And I, I would love to see it actually written out in the ordinances that there are uh, procedures for decisions to be made and that it's just much more transparent to eliminate these conflicts of interest because obviously, you, you know, you can't have Ed Burke's business getting more business from his, you know, residents. That's mm-hmm. just crazy. Thank you, Joe. So Joe is saying that when an alderman like his actually consults with their residents, then aldermanic privilege does have the potential to work. A much, It's got a much more constructive flow. Absolutely. And and that's the way it's supposed to work. And it's good to hear that in, in that case, it does work. But but of course, we hear many instances in which it does not work. And the mayor's objective, as she states it, is not to eliminate aldermanic input altogether. First of all, she wants to include aldermanic input in drawing up new rules that government officials who are 
unbiased, presumably, professionals would handle this sort of thing. And then, of course, an alderman could still weigh in with an endorsement or weigh in with concerns about a zoning permit or or a a business permit. Mm -hmm. It's just that to give them an exclusive authority one way or another to approve of something or stop something from happening is giving them too much power and is inviting the kind of corruption that many people have expressed concerns about. Let's let's talk uh, about present day for, for a second, David, or at least last Friday. You touched briefly on this earlier, but remind us what happened in City Hall. Well, uh, there's a lot going on in City Hall. First of all, there was the, the issue with regard to the renaming of DuSable Drive uh, or Lakeshore Drive, now now DuSable Lakeshore Drive. Right. Uh, there also was the mayor's effort to appoint a new corporation council, uh, Celia Meza. She had a couple of aldermen stand in the way of that because of, they want the city first to settle with Anjanette Young, the social worker whose uh, apartment wrongfully was raided uh, while she stood naked for about 20 minutes. And then Friday, with regard to specifically with regard to this issue, the mayor was seeking to pass a comprehensive COVID relief package that also included restrictions on aldermanic privilege. And Brendan Riley intervened to carve that out to say, let's treat that separately. The mayor tried to prevent that from happening. And the mayor lost her first lost vote, uh, 25-24. And therefore, uh, the effort to eliminate aldermanic privilege through council ordinance was uh headed off by a restive city council. Let's hear now from Max in Logan Square. Hi, Max. Welcome to Reset. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, I want to piggyback off of something someone said earlier, you know, the positive being here that it allows residents to get, you know, direct attention from their aldermen. But my worry is, is that that attention is subjective. And so there's no sort of organized means of deciding, um, you know, which business gets preference for that awning or to give you know, a bigger example, because this goes so much further than just zoning and building, you know, over the winter when we had one of those big storms, Alderman Lopez was able to get all of the snow removed and trucked out of his ward. And that was, you know, touted as not being at any extra cost. But where are those snow trucks coming from? Who's deciding where are those snow trucks going? And why are they being preferenced in one ward over another? So having some sort of more transparent and more uniform way of going about these decisions seems like it would make it a little bit more even for everyone. Does Max have a point, David? Well, he does have a point. And in fact, uh, snow removal is, of course, his, like a famously important issue to Chicago voters. Uh, Jane Byrne was elected mayor uh, because of Michael Blanick's failure to handle snow removal. And snow removal has been at, at the heart of all kinds of issues over the years. So it's a good one to look at. Aldermen are judged by uh, their service to constituents, one of which is keeping alleys clear and getting the snow off the streets. And while Michael raises good questions about who's, you know, who's benefiting from various contracts, that's a different issue. But what the aldermen say is, you know, our, our voters rely on us to do things like clear the streets. And if we can play a role in doing that, we're doing constituent service. And there's a valid point to be made there. Let's hear now from Marsha in Galewood. Hi, Marsha. What are your thoughts? Hi, how are you? Doing well. Thanks for giving us a call. What do you think? Good. Good. I think that the aldermen should not have any input in city services that need to be provided to the residents. Um, I've had three different aldermen over the past 25 years. I have gone to each of their office and spent hours waiting um, during their constituent nights to ask for my sidewalk to be fixed, only to have them that they have a budget for sidewalks. 
I don't consider myself as living in a particular district. I consider myself to be living in the city of Chicago, and I would just like Chicago to fix my sidewalks when they need to be fixed, regardless of my alderman's budget and or opinion. Yeah, fix my sidewalks when they need to be fixed. Good good point, Marsha, and I think you echo what a lot of folks are, are thinking, right, David? Yeah, and this is a way in which this issue feeds into the suspicion on the part of uh, residents that they need clout in order to get anything done. If the alderman didn't have this kind of power, uh, then we would just think, well, the city's not doing uh, its job, or I don't need to go on bended knee to an individual, i.e. my alderman, in order to get something done. So the fact that the aldermen have held on to this power actually undermines confidence in government Mm -hmm. and yeah, there's a move. There are some people who argue we've got too many aldermen that the aldermen should not have the powers that they have over whatever happens within their wards. Uh, that if you re- reduce the size of council to maybe ten members instead of fifty members, that that would help address some of these problems. Yeah, you know, those are the kinds of things that people think about when they more yeah. broadly when they think about ways to reform this sort of problem of a non-responsive government in the city of Chicago. Well, we'll have to leave it there for now. We can certainly talk about this for a lengthier time because it's it's definitely a hot a hot button issue. That is David Greising with us, president and CEO of the Better Government Association. Thank you, David. Thank you very much, Sasha. Bye bye. And that's today's reset. You like to mix things up, and so do we. One day you'll hear about an artist's process. The next day you'll get a deep dive into Chicago politics. That's what Reset is all about. It's Chicago. There are too many things to celebrate and too many things to fix in this town to not showcase the whole range. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. We will meet again tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.